these scenes are being repeated everywhere, every cemetery, every mortuary, every funeral home, every hospital. The dead are returning to life as Cybermen. The dead are coming home, Doctor. All shiny and new. In 24 hours, the human race, as you know, will cease to exist. Doctor! It's happening everywhere, all over the world, right now. How can you win a war against an enemy that can weaponize the dead? Every battle, every war, every invasion. An indestructible army to rage across the universe. The more they kill, the more they recruit. The Discussing Network presents Discussing Who, a Doctor Who podcast. I'm Kyle Jones, and I want to start this week by welcoming back Clarence Brown. Mr. Brown, how are you? I'm doing great, man. As I always say, glad to be on podcasting with you guys, talking about Doctor Who. Ooh, Doctor Who. I like that. And you know what I also like? I also like being able to say, welcome back, Lee Shackelford. Why, thank you very much. Glad to be here. You're very, very welcome. Talking about death in heaven. Indeed. This is a, or this is quite an interesting topic, because I actually have a point of talking about this particular topic. But before we get into it, I want to ask you guys, have you been seeing across social media, and I'm talking, I've seen it on YouTube, I've seen it on Twitter, this Cybus Industries post that keeps popping up and about? <laughs> uh, no. And if I did, I would just uh, delete it. Oh, very good. Maybe you might, instead of deleting it, maybe your consciousness, you know, because that, that's kind of closed minding to just yeah. automatically delete it. I see. Maybe instead what you need is an upgrade. I did get those, mm. those earbuds, like though. That was because those were awesome. Well, before the AirPods. Yeah. Just say it. Can you enlighten us, layman people here, what Cybus Industries is? I am so glad you asked that question, Mr. Brown. The Cybus Industries was the alternate world slash Pete's world Cybermen from Series 2 or the 2006 series, David Tennant's first series of Doctor Who, that alternate reality. Cybus Industries was that reality's version of the Cybermen in that era, notably written by RTD. That's all I know. All I can guess is 60th anniversary year. Here we come. Spoilers. Yes. Interesting. Just very interesting because it doesn't really relate. If you don't know what Cybus Industries is, Mm -hmm. Clarence, you had the perfect question. Enlighten us. It doesn't say, hey, Doctor Who happened. It's like this is a post from the business proper pretending that it's a real business which is really really cool but you know what could be lee shackleford there is something that you like to tell everyone in every episode and what might that be well um if you're listening to us for the first time or if you are a faithful discussing who fan um either way you have made some time out of your day to to be here with us and we know you got lots of other things you could be doing so thank you thank you for the gift of your time 
Thank you very much, Mr. Shackford. And Clarence Brown, there is something that you always like telling people. And what is that? How they can support the show. This is your call to action. And you can do that by subscribing, leaving a review and telling a friend, you know, if you're on iTunes or even Spotify at this point, you can leave us a review. So do so there, please. And also send any review idea or anything else you want us to know along to discussing who at gmail.com or hit us up at discussing who on any and all social media. Awesome. Awesome. Well, gentlemen, I have one quick question before we move on. And that question is, do either of you have anything else that you would like to talk about before we get into the review? I feel like there's something, but I can't think what it is. <laughs> so, so let's say no. Yeah. Well, if you have anything you can think of later, yeah. interrupt me and we'll talk about it. Clarence, what about you? Uh, nothing at all, sir. Well, for everyone listening, if you have not seen the episode Death in Heaven, put us on pause, go out, watch the episode, come back, because from this moment forward, spoilers. Spoilers. Affirmative. Spoilers. Spoilers? What's well, spoilers? And I killed Sparky, too. <laughs> All righty, we are back to review Death in Heaven. This is the 12th episode of the 2014 series of Doctor Who, first airing on the 8th of November, 2014. It starred Jenna Coleman as Clara Oswald, Peter Capaldi as the 12th Doctor, Samuel Anderson as Danny Pink, and the amazing Michelle Gomez as Missy. This episode features the return of Kate Stewart and Osgood and was directed by Rachel Talalay. Summary view. Clarence, I'll start with you. Summary view. What say ye? I generally like this episode. I felt that it was almost too poetic slash fairy tale in some senses because I started to question some of the some of the things they had established that were part of the logic seemed to fall by the wayside. So that was a gripe I had, unless you guys can talk me down. And I also questioned some of the retconning that was done. And part of it is just me not remembering those moments. And, you know, just are they just interjecting this to make it all seem cohesive? Maybe. I don't know. We'll talk it out. But overall, I think I enjoyed it. I'm probably in the same place with Clarence. There's so much to really enjoy about this episode, if enjoy is the right word. It's intense. It's dark. It's um, some of the ideas in it are, I find, genuinely upsetting. And it, it, it feels to me like it's almost too dark for Doctor Who. Mm. But still, what a story. It's still very engaging. It's thrilling. So, yeah, I kind of... I haven't figured out my final rating yet, so I'm hoping one will come to me as we go along. It's interesting how you guys frame that, because I'm right there with you. There are so many elements that I liked. There's an element of it that makes me tear up every freaking time I watch it, but I still don't like it. And we'll get to it where, you know, when we get to it, but I don't like what makes me tear up and not because it makes me tear up, but because of the concept and I, I have a question about it, but overall I love the fact 
and maybe it's because we haven't really had this the last few years. I love the fact that I'm seeing the beginning of a story at the first of this season, you know, first of the 2014 series, and I'm seeing a conclusion, but I'm still not quite sure it was as cohesive as some in the past were. And I know we'll talk about it, but that's kind of me on the big ballpark summary, summary view. But I want to know what you guys thought about the introduction. And Lee, I'll start with you. Clara confronts the Cybermen and tells them that she's the doctor. She, she's rattling off everything that she's learned from hanging out with him. And it's an impressive thing that the writer does here, I think, to give us a chance to see her very boldly playing this bluff and getting to stick some things in there, like... Uh, establishing some things as canon by having her say them. <laughs> I've been married four times, all deceased. My mm. children and grandchildren are missing and I assume dead. And that's mm. in the middle of all these other things that we have, you know, established thoroughly as the uh, the series has gone along in the past, uh, including a reference to a new Who episode. Uh, she closes by saying, I have a non-Gallifreyan daughter created via genetic transfer. How much more do you need? I'm the doctor. But, wow, I've been married four times, all deceased. Mm. My children and grandchildren are missing, and I assume dead. Well, I, I know where one of them is. <laughs> um, so, yeah, very interesting. Very bold as brass. And she doesn't realize, of course, that one of the Cybermen she's talking to is Danny. So, All right, Clarence, what do you think? I, I think overall I like this moment. It really made me start to question how she knows some of this information now granted she's been traveling with the doctor for a very long time at this point and obviously some of these moments we haven't seen on screen so it, it, it i agree with lee that it's very bold and that we're establishing some of these things into canon that uh some stuff we didn't know some stuff you know uh that it's definitely new people may not have known completely about uh so yeah, it was, it was very weird and interesting at the same time because I did question it heavily. I also liked how she just kind of embodied the doctor because even for me, I was questioning myself at some point. like, mm, they do a body transfer or is he wearing <laughs> a cloak or something? Because, man, she really embraced it. And uh, just to end it off, I really love when we get that transition to opening credits where it did this fade into the opening credit clock little thing i thought that was a interesting zoom into her face and, and transition to, to get us to the title screen mm -hmm. awesome and i am so so glad you said that clarence because question and i i will go ahead and answer my own question here i'm one of those i call myself weird people that on certain shows i will watch even if i've seen that episode and 500 times i will watch the opening credits do you guys watch the opening credits on each of the doctor who episodes nope yeah, <laughs> i skip I, them every time i very rarely <laughs> skip the the intro and in anything so all right um, so did you did you, so you, you watched it then right Lee? Oh, yeah and i remember sitting up right when i saw it the first time going whoa <laughs> so would you like to enlighten clarence and anyone else who does skip so this is why you watch the credits yeah. and would you like to share well, that push in that the clarence describes she says i'm the doctor we push in on her go into the opening titles and 
it looks like it's the titles as usual, but then it has Jenna Coleman's name up first as the star and also mm. Peter Capaldi. And then when we get to that moment where we've always seen his eyes come through the time vortex, it's hers. Really? So she's the doctor. <laughs> oh, man. This is the one time I really want to see it. Yeah. Well, it's still there. So there's your yes, homework, folks. Go back and watch the opening credits of yes. Death in Heaven because I'm going to do the same. It's a lovely little joke. A little bit of trivia here. I want to see if either of you get this. Of all the episodes where a face is shown in Doctor Who credits, this is one of two times the face or the portion of the body of the face was not the Doctor. What was the other episode and whose body facial feature was it? New or old or classic? I can't say. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. The 1996 movie. Oh, it's the, the Masters. Eyes. Yes. Yes. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, we see this. Such a nice set of eyes. Yes. Just saying. <laughs> we see Clara and she has Danny protect her, Cyberman Danny protect her. Then we you know, go to the cathedral again and we see the doctor. We see Missy and we see the return of Osgood and Kate Stewart. Clarence, what was your thoughts seeing Unit back? And specifically, before you know what's happening, the real revelation that, hey, okay, we're going to not only take Missy into custody, but look like we're taking the doctor into custody. Thoughts? Oh, man, there's a there's so much about that that I did not love. Um First off, this notion that I guess unit at this point has become so good at their jobs that they can, you know, just push the doctor on to do this thing that the world has come into agreement that they wanted to do in time of crisis, make the doctor the president of the world. Uh, I don't know if I love the bravado they came in there with. It just felt a little bit too off to me when they come in there, guns are blazing and uh, tr- take control of the situation. I think it was clever of, you know, them hiding out to kind of the big reveal. But to me, they just were a little bit too cocky in that situation. I couldn't help thinking of um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which made me sort of rethink this. That series has started by the time this is happening. So cool. Mm. <laughs> Suddenly they seem mm. like S.H.I.E.L.D. And darn, if we don't go to the S.H.I.E.L.D. helicarrier. <laughs> so like, okay, interesting. So let me ask the question about, you know, Clarence, you referenced the president, the doctor being declared the president of Earth. The first thing I want to ask, and Lee, I'll point this to you first. The first thing I want to ask is, do you even think the concept of president of Earth, and remember this is 2014 that it was aired, so let's say it's 2013 when it was being made, assuming in the climate of 2013 2014 would that have even have been possible or is that true science fiction oh i uh, it's it's funny how much i'm willing to buy in this episode but that that glib line that uh, kate has just made me go wait what <laughs> we we have a secret fallback plan when the planet is in crisis that we will all bow down in the direction of an alien <laughs> uh yeah yeah i could see how everybody agreed to that 
what mm. <laughs> i just i just no no yeah mm. <laughs> but i understand that it's necessary to to make the uh you know to make the story work no, i didn't like it didn't like it um it was interesting you know if you think back to all of what happened during uh martha's uh run in with the last master with that doctor yeah i can see kind of how they would try to be prepared in and in, in in addition to all the other things that were earth threatening but it did feel a little weird for them to turn over their power to an alien who shows up i guess to help them anyway so why did they have to do anything <laughs> additional i don't know yeah but i guess they were in charge so they felt power you know, it's it's like what you both are saying. It opens up so many more loopholes, but it's a plot convenience to push the narrative along. But we're basically saying if every nation has agreed to this, then that must mean that every nation knows that the doctor exists if they vote for this alien, because I wouldn't assume, I know I wouldn't, that if I was told there is a being out there that when things get bad, he yeah. or she is the president, but we can't tell you who it is. I wouldn't vote for that. No, mm. no and neither would anybody mm. else. I, neither would anybody else. Yeah. And I'll take it one step further. If we, as a society, can't get along as a society yeah. to agree to work together, then how the heck are we going to give power over to an alien? Yeah. Yeah, that, that's my point exactly. When she says all the nations on Earth have agreed, I stop listening there. <laughs> just, just stop right there. <laughs> but now I did like seeing and and putting into context. This is shortly after you know Nicholas Courtney had passed away. I did like the nod when they get on the plane that you see the brigadier's picture his portrait in there i thought that was a nice nod fan service yes but i thought that but, was cool but but i know we're going to talk about it but i think they took it too far we'll, we'll save it but i think they took it too far yeah I, yeah. Uh, yeah i'm i'm just talking about the um the, the photo there yeah so yes yeah i thought that was cool mm. But we're on the plane. We're having a good time, quote unquote. We're, we've got the man scout and we've got, you know, the president and we've got the head of unit. We've got Osgood down there and we've got Missy. Missy being her maniacal self. Clarence, thoughts about Missy with Osgood? Any, any takeaway? Well, I enjoy Missy much less in this episode than the first one. Uh, there were some moments with her and the doctor I thought they were really good, but I didn't really like it when she was with anybody else. So, uh, and I know you love her. so. Um, but yeah, I do love the interaction. Uh, I know we're going to see, spoiler, can I say a spoiler? I think we're going to see Osgood sure. again. So I'm trying to figure out yep. how that's going to happen. But yeah, uh, just so evil. And, you know, maybe they should have more than two guards down there. I'm just saying. <laughs> When you have the most uh, yeah, uh, manipulative villain in the in the universe, yeah. Uh, Lee, thoughts? Oh, I'm, I'm a big Osgood fan, and so I just, uh, if the point is for us to hate and fear the, the master, uh, it really works. You just you just want to say, leave her alone, leave her alone. <laughs> yeah. And, and you say, well, you know, Osgood has become sort of a semi-continuing character. I mean, we're not just going to kill her. Oh. 
Oh, okay. I guess I guess we are. <laughs> yeah. I was wrong. <laughs> well, I knew, you know, uh, and be pessimistic here a little bit, but but I remember from watching it the first time when the doctor basically invites her along. I remember thinking, "Up, oh, she's dead." Now, do okay. I'm thinking we'd see her again. Do we see her again? Or am I am I just misremembering future? Spoilers slash yes. How? <laughs> How? Spoilers. Well, spoilers. Well, spoilers. Well, we, season nine episodes number coming up. We saw again. Reviews. Yeah, she does. Spoilers. She does have a t- day of the doctor. Spoilers. Yeah. 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 There is seriously, we there is an out. We can't tell you. Yeah, but anyway, uh, what was I going to say? Never mind. (laughs) Something nice. I was going to say something else. Uh, Yeah. Well, we were we we were talking about Missy. Clarence had made the comment he didn't enjoy her as much, especially when she was with others. I made the comment of Osgood when she knew that. she was basically being invited. Oh. I thought she was dead. Yes, that that's that is indeed what I was what I was thinking about was that um, when we've known through public you know media that a companion is leaving the series, that uh, several times we've teased that uh, you know somebody else coming on board, uh, Linda with a Y, and uh, characters like that would go, oh oh, I bet she's going to be the new companion. Oh, I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, so we're just doing it again with Osgood. But I really like that that uh, that actor's just her little moment when the doctor says, "You know, all the space and time, bucket list," and uh, he leaves, and she just has this little private smile, like, "All right." And then to follow that up, the Missy seemingly kills or throws her out the plane. Kate Stewart. Yeah. Yep. She's dead too. Let's talk about what this is talking about in general, which is the concept of death. And we've already alluded to the fact that this story goes to a very, very dark place. And Clarence, my question is, what are your thoughts on how Moffat used the concept of death in this episode? Hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm still trying to piece that all together in my head. So we know that Missy was taking the consciousness somehow and uploading us to this Gallifreyan hard drive, this Gallifreyan computer, one in which somehow she and the doctor could go back and forth in and out of, maybe. And then if you want to just talk about the overall death of, is this everybody that's ever died can come back as a Cyberman? Um or was it just people that the doctor influenced to some point uh was it people that died recently i don't know it, it was a little too all over the place for me to fully kind of understand what they were doing with that i had a lot of the same problems too i thought you're willing to buy a lot of this stuff for the duration of the episode but if you start thinking about it later you think well now wait a minute <laughs> um i think she said that she's because she has a time machine that she's been harvesting the consciousness of people for time immemorial that she, she asks how long have people or the doctor asks how long have people, you know, believed in an afterlife. Mm, yikes. <laughs> so that's, that's how many, and that's why it looks like, you know, a, a mega city inside the cloud. Um, but I, 
the, the, my problem with that is that what we've been told about Cybermen before is that what the Cyber Army needs is is meat. <laughs> it needs your body. Yeah. So pulling people's bones up doesn't necessarily help them, and downloading people's uh, whole whole self, you know, we're just going to switch off their emotions anyway. So. So why do you even need their mental imprint she's, anyway? She's, Missy's gone to a lot of effort for this. <laughs> like, but, yeah. But wait, what? <laughs> so it, I, I don't know. And how are they traveling back and forth through that reality? I mean, okay, yes. I, we know it's a, it's a science fiction show, but there are times when Missy is standing there with everybody else. Yes. And then if you look to the thing at the end, uh, what? <laughs> right. Well, I'm, I'm assuming that it's the bracelet she wears the bro because but but what is coming back when the boy comes back through since he didn't go into the you see what i'm saying yeah yeah like yeah, where did his fantasy element his body's been dead for a long time yeah right that that <laughs> makes no sense yeah it, it I'm, I'm assuming that we're supposed to believe that the energy from this device had the ability to create a new body for the person but it could only be done one time i'm assuming how convenient. Maybe. Yeah, how <laughs> that's, convenient. That's it. It's just too too clean. And at the end, we presume Danny sacrifices himself heroically to destroy the Cybermen, right? And and the cloud and right. everything. So um, three cheers. And then we hear from him again. And where where is he? He's, he's back in the cloud? Assuming, yes. Okay. You know... <laughs> Well, so, so here's what I wish Moppet would have done a little bit better job at. And I think some of this was lost in translation. Mm. But I've always, and and maybe this is just how my brain pieced it together, but I always thought that all this time that's gotten to the present, from the clockwork man in deep breath to them going back to Robin Hood and the robots there— because we've had these robots that are trying to perfect themselves over time. And you've seen Missy interact with them, even from back, like I said, in deep breath, the first time we see her. I thought all of this is connected. They're trying to get to the promised land. The promised land is that sphere, and Missy's controlling it. I thought this was... evidence of her being along the timeline the whole time. Am I reading that wrong? No, I think that's that's the intent. Okay, cool. I wish they would have said that a little bit more yeah. clearer than w- what they did. Right. So let's talk about, I'm going back to Missy again. Is there anything else that you guys want to say about this concept of death before we move on, as in the concept itself? Uh, no. Okay, good. <laughs> All right, so... Missy's gift, she's giving the doctor an army. And I know we have gone this entire series, officer, soldier, back and forth. And we play it up in this episode. Guys, what did you think of Missy saying, I'm giving you an army, an army of Cybermen? Did it hold water? What are your thoughts? Well, last week, uh, I think it was last week, uh, Clarence and I were talking about how um, if if you're conversant with the with the Bible, you 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 have to start thinking about some of these things. Like I was thinking about uh, the doctor's uh, Christ-like grace in, in telling Clara that 
you know, do you think I care for you so little that, you know, it matters that you betrayed me, you know? Uh, and here, the doctor is being given the sort of temptation that we read Jesus was presented with in the wilderness, right? I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world if you bow down and worship me. The way it's played, the way Peter Capaldi, in that, that beautiful uh, way that he has, I feel like he's genuinely tempted. I feel like he's she, he's listening to her, and I think there's a part of him that's saying, you know, that makes sense. Think of all the good you could do, uh, because that's the argument she's making. He, all he has to do is renounce everything that he is and never has been. <laughs> mm. And I wonder if I played that way to you, too. Do you feel like he's really... He's really thinking about it. Yeah, I feel like he he was. Um, it's almost like a need of the many kind of thing, right? <laughs> if you just this one evil that can set everyone on the right course, uh, I definitely see that in, in that moment, and also the fact that she's presenting this to him as a as a gift for her friend, although a very tumultuous relationship, <laughs> but yeah. as her friend, um. And I also found it interesting a little bit earlier um, when we first saw Unit, when the doctor was asking about Clara, and I, I think she said, Stuart said, is that your assistant? And then he said, no, my friend. So it seems like we were kind of playing that up in this episode a little bit. Friend, what, which one is really the doctor's friend? <laughs> and it's, it's weird that we keep coming back to this about, you know, they, they used to be closer. And I I want to see a series that shows us them as friends <laughs> I think that would be interesting uh but yeah it's, it's such a um, interesting thing to do to give them something so tempting um that's just on the face of it such a um you know very bad and and, and sinister act on on uh, missy's part and she went through a lot to make this happen a lot <laughs> you know for me the the thing that gets me on any show that i watch I know there's more than just Christianity in the world uh, as far as religion goes. And I know that you both and myself have all been raised in a Christianity type upbringing. It's always uncomfortable for me when your science fiction delves into things that I'm not going to say border on being a little sacrilegious, but when it's presenting it in a way to de, de, dethrone is not the word that I'm looking for, but delegitimize or explain away any type of, you know, you know, any type of religion that, that always makes me feel uncomfortable. And, and I wish that just me personally, my opinion, I wish that they would shy away from that because I think religion and science can exist in harmony, not have to be explained away. So that's my ultimate take on it is kind of keep them separated. Don't try to explain one or the other away from each other. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 Although I would say then maybe you're you're a fan of the wrong show. <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> I, uh, I know, yeah. and uh, and I know, but but just sometimes it's a little bit more on the nose than than others. And when you basically say, I don't know, it just there was just one part of it, and maybe it's this whole concept of death yeah. and coming that that that's making it a little oh, yeah. bit more uneasy. Yeah. For me. 
What, yeah. what, what do you mean Re- resurrected you know immortal beings right yes yeah. <laughs> to serve with uh this <laughs> christ-like figure in some aspects exactly his yeah. right-hand person for right. the, all eternity yeah no that's yeah, not that, on the nose right why <laughs> why would that trouble religious sensibilities <laughs> yeah no i mean i i think i i think i hear what you're saying though kyle because i remember um where usually I don't have a problem with it, that uh, when uh, the 10th doctor said that they were talking about the first Christmas, they're talking about the nativity. And he said, uh, you know why there was no room at the end? Cause I got the last one and he's about to tell the rest of that story. And I just remember thinking, ow, I don't no, I don't like that. <laughs> what did you do it on purpose? What are you, what are you saying? <laughs> so I don't know, but it would be a little bit further Along as in a an uncomfortableness if they did a Doctor Who Christmas special where the Doctor is responsible for them having the nativity, right. uh, you know, and all of that, et cetera, and so forth. That would be, in my opinion, taking a little bit too far. And we've never gone there. Yeah. And we've never right. gone there. The closest we get is uh, the uh, the quick joke in Back to the Future about uh, where Doc sets the... Uh, the time machine controls for deck twenty five zero 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 zero, which would would be the wrong year, by the way. But uh, anyway, it's like you can witness the birth of Christ. <laughs> yeah, and they don't. So just as well. So let's go. Since we're talking about death, we're talking about religion, we're talking about things that made us a little uncomfortable in this episode. Let's go back to where we talked about the brigadier's return. At the beginning, with the you know the photo or the p- portrait of him, we see at the end a Cyberman who saves Kate Stewart, and she's mumbling about her father. And we see a Cyberman that they pretty much insinuate is the Brigadier. Clarence, thoughts? Yeah, for me, I'm not even that familiar uh, with the Brigadier as much as you guys are. And to me, that just felt so insulting to the character. Um, poetic in a way that he saves his daughter, but also you made him a Cyberman. I, I don't know. I don't I, I hate that. I hate it. And, and and I, you know, am a big fan of the classic series. And I always loved uh, the Brig in, uh, in his many appearances throughout the classic series. And... I remember watching this episode and and we we see that Kate is alive and then we see a Cyberman. I said, oh, my God, that's going to be the brig. And it is. And the doctor salutes him. And I thought, that's sweet. I, I, I was hoping he was the doctor would salute Danny mm-hmm. since he says he never salutes anybody. Danny's the one who deserves it. Mm. But we got that moment. He salutes Brigadier. But... No, I, I then and now I'm still with Clarence. I understand what they're going for, but ew, you know, just yeah. ew. No. Mm. Now, if if all of the dead are rising and they're being made into Cybermen, then you know, statistically, Briggs going to be one of them. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. and, you know, and so is your grandmother. So you know, just. Uh, mm. But ew. Mm. Yep. Yep. I I was sitting there thinking. Well, for starters, like I said at the beginning, every time I see it, if I've not seen it for a while, I get caught up in the moment and the way Capaldi, you know, sells the scene, which he pulls the scene off and he sells it very well. But I remember thinking when I watched it, other than the, you know, the emotion of it, thinking, oh, well, 
Amy and Rory. Yeah. They're in New York. Yep. They're, they're Cybermen, oh. too. Yep. Sarah Jane passed away. Yep. She's a oh. Cyberman. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you see, and, and I, that I just made me start thinking yeah. and thinking and thinking. And I didn't like the thinking. Mm-hmm. I don't like thinking. There you go. I mean, to be fair, they were dead. <laughs> True. <laughs> but it, it does. It just seems sort of like... Um, I understand that this is a, a horror story and that this is an idea that we're supposed to be horrified, but it's, but it's funny how at the same time, it sort of feels like the, the script is kind of uh, pissing on their graves in a way that I, I, I don't understand. Um, yeah. You know, I think it's one of those things where the intent was well done as in a great idea and i would have loved to have gotten what rachel talalay thought of Mm. directing that Mm -hmm. you know i would love to have heard her you know had had we got to see her at hulanta i would have loved to have asked that question what did you think of directing that scene with the brigadier what what were your thoughts but i think it was a good idea just on paper maybe that just didn't translate well, maybe because it didn't translate well. Thoughts? Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know if translation is is the issue, but it, it would be lovely to talk with Stephen Moffat about that. And and I don't know. Yeah, good point. Uh, or or should I say maybe not translation? Intent was there, but somebody should have said really. Yeah, you know, this is just. <laughs> there's a level of this that is really just upsetting in, in a way beyond. Um, tea time. <laughs> uh, I don't know. But, but guys, let's not have tea. Let's move on. Let's, let's move not on. have tea time. Let's have, you know, let's just meet in a cafe for drinks. Yes. Clarence, would this have been a, and we're not alluding on to what's coming with her ultimate exit, but would you have liked to have seen this exit that we could have had in this episode have been Clara's exit in in a lot of ways, yes, uh, but in some ways, no. We know that Clara has, I guess, adopted this bad habit from the Doctor of Lion, <laughs> and it's kind of been what she's been doing, you know, in many episodes of this season. And at the end of it all, we get this moment where they're both just lying to each other to make their friend feel good which i'm not saying that's a bad thing but um it would have felt weird to have that be the end maybe poetic i don't know but it just felt weird that even through all through everything they've been through they've lost all that truth just to um make it make each other feel okay in, in that moment uh, i don't i don't know if I, I like that as an ending for the the two of them lee um yeah i feel the same way although i Something visual, something really poetic that I love about this, and uh, that I do wish was the the end of uh, that uh, relationship. Our our last Clara episode is that they talk about how how special she she says thank you for making me feel special, and he says you know the same, mm. which is which is a lovely thing. And as she walks away, there's a crowd of people there who pay no attention to the dematerializing TARDIS at all, and. And and it's just, you know, it's a small crowd of people and they're moving, you know, across this courtyard and very quickly she disappears from our sight. Somebody gets between us and her and she's gone, you know, because mm. she's 
she looks like everybody else. She's just a person. And uh, I feel like that makes the, the point very, very eloquently. Um, so wait, she was so special. Well, okay, maybe maybe all the people in this shot are special. <laughs> maybe that's what we should take from this or, you know? And now back to her life. I, I, uh, I really liked that. I would love for that to have been Clara's exit. But. Yeah. Or could the bigger thing, you know, you said that uh, she was not special or she just merged back into the crowd. Mm-hmm. You could take it a different direction and say the next companion could be anyone mm-hmm. just as Clara. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's right. That's right. You know, yeah. it, it, it could be anyone. Mm-hmm. It just so happens to be someone, you know, but it could be anyone. Uh, well, you know, from go ahead. Well, I was going to ask, like, are we also led to believe it was Missy all alone who made that relationship come together? Uh, oh, yeah. yeah well, I mean, that's why she says Clara, my Clara. Yeah, she's the the lady who gave her the phone number. Uh, was was that a part of the original episode, or was that like totally retconned in as new footage? Well, no, we, we never said who the woman in the shop was from the Bells of Saint John. You know, actually, I always, until this, assumed that it was River, that River mm-hmm. had put them together. But, you know, now we know, you know, that Anne goes so far back into deep breath, the person who made the uh, ad in the paper to keep them together. That was Missy. Mm. Ah, I don't know if I like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of upsetting. <laughs> you know, the thing that got me, or the thing about the exit that I did like, you know, you all, both of you made very, you know, valid points. What I think I would have liked, whether it was Donna, whether it was Clara, whether it was Bill, whether it was Yaz, whomever the case may be, even though we haven't seen Yaz's exit or Dan's exit yet. And actually, honestly, and I'm, I'm about to give Chibnall a compliment here, believe it or not, because what I was about to wish for is something that Chibnall has actually gave us in some ways, which is the companion just leaves. There's no big fanfare. There's no big moment. It's just, we're not doing this anymore. Bye. And that's what we got with spoilers with uh, Graham and Ryan. But in this era of Doctor Who, we had not seen that yet. And that's kind of what I was about to say would have been cool is you didn't have a glorious companion exit. Yeah. It was just an exit. Mm. Clarence, you had some more items, I think, on your list that was of contention for you. Now, have we covered all of them yeah, yeah, yet? Yeah, we've covered all of them. Yeah. All right. Lee. Do you have any other items on your list that we haven't covered? Uh, trivial stuff. I wanted to mention that um, it struck me this time that one of the trademarks of New Who has been things that are usually thought of as being good, being made evil, um, like killer Christmas trees and soul-stealing snowmen and things like that. And if you live in London, you probably have good feelings about St. Paul's Cathedral. But in this episode, it's full of Cybermen. <laughs> It's a it's a Cyberman factory and they're flying out from and the top opens up like a deep fried onion, you know. So that's just a, that's another one of their uh, usually good things made evil. Um, as a fan of the uh, 
Jerry and Sylvia Anderson shows. I just loved the little Thunderbirds, Captain Scarlet conversation about the flying platform. Um, so that made me happy. And the doctor, you know, over his shoulder says, me, me and Sylvia Anderson, you've never seen a foxtrot like it. So, <laughs> of course, he knew Sylvia. Uh for fans of the Twilight Zone, too, there's a pretty a clear reference to uh, uh, episode Nightmare at 20,000 Feet, starring young mm. William Shatner, um, because the doctor looks out of the porthole and there's yes. a Cyberman on the side of the... <laughs> in very much the same way, yeah. I love Missy's Marilyn Monroe impression where she sings Happy Birthday, Mr. President. <laughs> did, did she say it was his birthday just for the sake of that joke? I... <laughs> That was disturbing. It was, it's really upsetting, yeah. Um, but yeah, those are just my, my things. All right. So, gentlemen, I think it is time for us to get into our favorite scene and favorite quote. So we're going to start with favorite quote. Lee Shackelford, favorite quote. What say you? Well, it's a long one, but uh, my golly, I did like this. Thank you. I am not a good man. I'm not a bad man. I'm not a hero, and I'm definitely not a president, and no, I'm not an officer. Do you know what I am? I am an idiot <laughs> with a box and a screwdriver just passing through, helping out, learning. I don't need an army. I never have because I've got them, always mm. them, because love, it's not an emotion. Love is a promise. Mm. Good stuff. Yeah. Clarence Brown, favorite quote. This is from Danny. Clara, watch this. This is who the doctor is. Watch the blood-soaked old, old general in action. I can't see properly, sir, because this needs activating. If you want to know what's coming, you have to switch it on. And didn't all those beautiful speeches just disappear in the face of tactical advantage, sir? I really wanted them to resolve that in this episode. I really, really wanted them to get past it somehow. <laughs> I, I, and, you know, oh, Lee, you painted the perfect resolution. We didn't get it. But would that not have been the perfect resolution for the doctor to have saluted Dan? I, I just knew mm. it was coming. I, I felt it in my bones and then it didn't happen. <laughs> and he was still called a PE. Yes. By the end. Yes. Oh, so insulting. Yeah. Yes. Even though he said he may make a math teacher yet, but still, <laughs> you still called him PE. Mm. All right. I have contained myself, but mm. I contain myself no more. Quote from me, say something nice. Favorite scene, yeah. Clarence Brown. What say you? I love the Dr. Free falling from the plane to catch the TARDIS. And I love the, Missy and her doctor friend watching on. You know, he was getting giddy about <laughs> what the doctor was doing. For which he got vaporized. <laughs> Yes. Also, I was thinking that guy can make a great doctor, actually. He yeah. seemed pretty like he had those mannerisms. Yes, that's right. Indeed. Well, Agreed. All right, Lee, favorite scene? I, in my notes here, I've described in detail exactly that same scene. I just I just loved it. And, <laughs> and I think part of what makes it work is that we know the plane has just been blown to smithereens and the doctor's falling to his certain death. And it's all happened so fast that I feel like as the audience, we haven't had a chance yet to realize that means the TARDIS is out there falling as well, you know? <laughs> yeah. So he reaches into his pocket and he says, no, 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 no. <laughs> so she's already figured it out. We don't know what she means. Yes. My, la my note about that was it is an unspoken. I am the doctor moment. 
Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. And it's interesting, too, that in this series of Doctor Who, the 2014 series, Series 8, Season 8, however you want to call it, this getup, the Doctor's outfit, wardrobe, whatever, was very reminiscent of the third Mm -hmm. Doctor, which was very James Bondish. And this felt very James Bondy to me. Yes. Did you James say Bondi? Bondi? I have a new word. James yeah. Bondi. James yes. Bondi. <laughs> yep. Because there, there, so, there is at least one uh, the James Bond movie where he's uh, falling out of a plane without a parachute. So, mm. yeah. All right. So my favorite scene involved, well, was about Missy, believe it or not. But it was Osgood where the doctor is saying, you wouldn't believe it if I told you. And she says, oh, well, I thought that this was just a female arc, uh, incarnation of the master, blah, 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 yeah. blah. That that was so cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, don't need to explain it to her. <laughs> yes. I mean, she's the ultimate doctor fan. How could she not know it was the master? All right. Final rating. Lee Shackelford, what say you? Final rating. Well, it's a thrilling and marvelously well scripted in terms of dialogue episode. I just the the plot holes and the and the the flesh crawling creepiness of it um, <laughs> just above and beyond. I feel like to me, it really makes me. I don't. It, it it's one of those things. Where I feel like it's so good and it's so bad. Um, so ultimately, I'm going to give it four. Mary Poppins umbrellas out of five. Oh, good. Clarence, what say you? I'm going to give it four Missy Zappy devices yeah. out of five. <laughs> Ooh, Missy Zappy devices. You is. guys are on, on a roll. Yeah. <laughs> um, you get, and how many was that? Four? Yes, sir. All right. So I, keeping with the theme here, I am going to go with four teleporting Missies out of five. There you go. Well, gentlemen, our next review, we have finished. We've come to the conclusion of Series 8, 2014 series, as I keep saying. And our next review up should be the Christmas episode. So there we go. And for everyone listening, let us know what you thought about this episode. Did you agree that this was a little creepy, as we've been calling it? Did you not have a problem with it? What did you think? Let us know. And as always, we will be back next time. You've been listening to the Discussing Network. Find out more at discussingnetwork.com.